Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Too often, women of color are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, not on the Be Well Sis podcast. Hosted by me, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar, Be Well Sis is a wellness podcast where women with diverse expertise and experiences have open and honest conversations that aim to make wellness more inclusive and accessible. Tune in every Tuesday for actionable insights and resources to help you live more joyfully, authentically, and beautifully. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. Be Well Sis. We talk a lot about sex ed, but when we're shopping for products to support our sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, we head to the experts at Lion's Den. For 50 plus years, Lion's Den has been a leader in adult products. Whether you want to explore a new kink or add a little romance to your evening, Lion's Den has something for all. Each location is brightly lit and staffed with the very best experts in pleasure, passion, and romance so you can feel comfortable and confident in your purchases. Lion's Den is offering our listeners 15% off your purchase in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. Flicking the bean, wanking, self-loving, jilling off, menage moi. All of these are different and very creative ways to say masturbation. For 21 days, I conducted a masturbation experiment with one of my favorite vibes ever, the magic wand. In a nutshell, I wanted to answer one question. What is the impact of daily magic wand use on my health and wellness, as well as my sexual experience when compared to regular sexual activity and no sexual activity? The results surprised me more than I thought they would. Want to see the hypotheses and the results for yourself? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magic wand experiment to learn more. Hi, mom. Hi, Danielle. Welcome back to another episode and another season of the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. You've been on so many times at this point. I don't even, I've lost count, truly. But today is a very special episode because you just came out with a brand spanking new book, a dummies book. I did. I'm so excited. And I'm really glad that you're able to have me on today to talk about it a little bit because I feel like I've been doing nothing but talking about it. And then I feel like I may be talking too much about it, but I kind of am looking for platforms to just tell people it's out there and let them decide on their own whether that's something they might be interested in reading. Well, you came to the right place, Toots. Um, <laughs> this is where we're going to talk about it. And for our audience members who somehow might not know you yet. Um, I'm sure audience, if you have heard this podcast long enough, we actually at this point have over 175 episodes of original content, which is wackadoodle. Uh, and you've been on many of them. But <laughs> if you're a new listener, uh, you know, mom, go ahead and introduce yourself to, uh, to everyone listening. Okay. Well, I always like to say my most important job, of course, is being your mom mm-hmm. <laughs> and mom to our other boys. <laughs> but basically, I am an OBGYN and I've been practicing now upwards of 
hate to say it, 30 years since my residency, long time. And I have my own private practice in Northern California. And I've really enjoyed my life practicing OBGYN. I've had a couple of changes in the past few years. And one of the big changes is, let's say in the last five years or so, is that I've been writing quite a bit. Whereas in the past, things used to pop up in my head and I wanted to just write short articles or short things about them that elongated into a couple of books. And now, of course, as you said, a pretty big book. So happy about that. Major, major book. Yeah. Um, Also, it's kind of fun because we're recording this episode in between our birthdays. And I feel like this year, um, unfortunately, I had COVID to celebrate your birthday. So couldn't do that. But um, my birthday is next week. And I feel like we like to do stuff together for our birthdays. Um, I clearly have really been following in your footsteps in many ways, doing sex ed as a career. And so it's, it's really wonderful every time you get to come on the podcast and talk all about your latest and greatest adventure. Uh, but this episode is a little different because usually we have you on for this like long full length episode, but this season we're going to have you on for the more sex ed episodes, which are shorter bite-sized episodes where people write in questions and we get to answer them. And we're lucky that we have you as an expert to answer this very specific question about what the hell is perimenopause and what do I need to know about it? Uh, especially me being into my thirties, I think like the more information, I have and my peers have, the better equipped we are to handle what this could look like in the near potential future or hopefully far, but who knows. And so yeah, happy happy to have you on. And before we dive into perimenopause, let's back up and tell me about your first two books because this is not your first rodeo. Um, and just how are you so good at so many things? You're a doctor, you're a mom, you're a traveler, you're a writer. Uh, you have a lot of talents, and I'd like to know why. Why do you have so many talents? <laughs> well, thank you for that. First, I just want to say thank you for not gifting me COVID on my birthday. That was very nice Best of present. you. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you say good at so many things, I really kind of feel like I'm really good at this one thing. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is educating and taking care of and informing women mm-hmm. about their health care. And it has changed over the course of my um, uh, career, so to speak, where I used to kind of do a little bit of everything. I delivered babies. I took care of very young people. I took care of old people, you know, and it's kind of crystallized a little bit over time, whereas this this book that we're going to talk about today is all about perimenopause, which is like a very, very specific and important transition in life that nobody really knows about. And I mean, the reason that I ended up writing it is because there isn't that much information out there about it. And I was approached to put something together so that there would be a lot of information about it. So anyway, just to backtrack a little bit, um, I always kind of have been a writer in my mind, <laughs> like even though I was busy with school and being a mom and, and all well, that. Back and traveling. up in high school, talk about your experience yeah. writing in high school because that's really where you fell in love with it, right? Well, I initially thought I would be a writer, like a com- I wanted to be a communications major. I wrote for the school newspaper, I wrote like in creative outlets, in like um, uh, creative uh, pamphlets and, and booklets that would come out during the year. 
in high school. And I went to a communications high school. I went to Edward R. Murrow High School, which is was for people who wanted to focus on communication arts. And I always, always really did love that. And then as my life kind of changed path a couple of times and I went into the medical field, I never really lost that idea of putting my thoughts and my ideas into writing. And I don't know if this happens with a lot of other writers, but what ends up happening is I'll be driving in my car or watching a TV show or something and something pops into my head that I feel like this needs to be written about. I need to write this. And like the way it comes out is that I end up writing some articles and I've been really lucky to have outlets for that where people have published my articles online or in magazines or in brochures or all different places. But that's exactly how an idea originates. Like something will happen at work. You know, I had this amazing experience like delivering twins and it really affected me. And I'm like, I've got to write about this. And other people would say to me, you really should write those experiences down. And half of me said, you know, they're so dancing around in my head, it's hard to get it on paper or of course on a computer. The other half of me kind of said, who would believe this? Because the experiences I've had just as a general OBGYN over the years, some of them have been amazing and and unbelievable. And I have definitely put those as long as well as the the lesser exciting, let's say, adventures into the first two books that I wrote. And they were all about my experiences about how I went from that high school person to college to medical school to becoming a physician and the people that I've met and women I've taken care of and how it's affected me in like kind of little vignettes. The, those were the first two books. And, you know, I, I really didn't even shop them around very much like to say, who would like to publish my book? I just said, I'm going to publish this myself. And I did two times on Amazon and they're small books. Um, that have done fairly well, you know, over the past few years. And when people read them, the one thing they always say to me is that I'm reading it and I feel like I hear you talking to mm -hmm. me because I have a very specific way of telling, of narrating a story and it comes out through my writing. And I know that, and people have really enjoyed that. So over the years, I've just always felt like when something pops into my head, I've got to get it down. I put it in my phone or I put it in my computer or and I just save it. And then I end up kind of, I know I've said this before to you, kind of just like vomiting it out. Yeah. Like it just comes out and I have to like put that in, you know? And yeah, it, it's been like, I've had like op-eds in the newspaper and different things like that. Just, I'm like, you want to hear my opinion, hear my opinion. <laughs> and, yeah. And, it, and it's fun and it, it's really satisfying and enjoyable. And major accomplishment. I mean, there's so much work and effort that goes into it. It's so funny. Like, obviously, we're alike in so many ways. But also, I've, I have gotten that feedback from people from my writing that, like, they feel like it's me talking. And I mm -hmm. wonder if that's a style that I develop because of reading what you have written or if it's just, like, the our personalities. Like, I'm so curious if that's just, like, a way in which I learn from you about how to write and like how to connect with people through those kinds of words. But it's interesting. I don't know, but I see so many other qualities of mine, good and bad, um, in you. That, that, that might mostly be good, another mostly one. good, mostly good. Mostly good, yes. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I loved reading both of your first books. I think they're incredible and so funny and heartfelt and just really well written. We'll talk about where people can find them at the end. 
But let's get into your third book, which yes. is arguably the biggest book, literally and metaphorically, that you have written, Perimenopause for Dummies. And I'm wondering, like, growing up, what has your relationship like? What has your relationship been like to the dummies books? And did you ever think that you would be a dummies author? Like, was that ever on your radar? Were you interested in doing that? Or tell me all about that. I've definitely been exposed to dummies books before because they have a book on everything. I mean, you want to know how to like, how do I walk down the street <laughs> for dummies, walking down the street for dummies, you know, <laughs> you it's everything is out there. And like, I always kind of had a little bit of a mixed feeling about it where if I was going to go to that book for information on something important, like my healthcare or something like that, I feel like I don't want to talk to somebody who thinks I'm dumb, but it's not really about that. It's about bringing the conversation to a point where everybody can understand what the information is. And I know that when I talk to people in my practice every day, you really have to have the skill of talking to somebody where they're at. So I could talk to people who come in here and, you know, have PhDs and they have a lot of research experience and they want to talk to me on that level. And I certainly can. But for most people, if I'm trying to explain some medical things, I don't use a lot of medical jargon and things like that. I feel like you do have to go to the denominator of how can this patient best understand you and feel like you are talking to them somewhat on their same level. And that's the most effective way to treat people. So I feel like it's a little misleading that the title says for dummies. It's really kind of a tongue in cheek way to say, you can look in this book and you can skip around. You can only look in chapters that interest you and you can still get information or you can just, you know, get to the end where it says, here's a summary of everything you need to know. I mean, and you can pick and choose what kind of things interest you. So I've definitely have a few dummies books on my shelf and I've definitely recommended to some of my patients. I mean, they have a book pregnancy for dummies and I have recommended that to some of my pregnant people because if you want the most basic but right information about pregnancy, go read that book. So this journey really started, um, I, I have, let's say within the past five years or so, focused most of my practice on menopause practice and perimenopause, just because I got much more interested in that and felt like that was a very not well taken care of segment of the population. Like once women hit a certain age, many people say, you don't need to go to the gynecologist anymore, or you don't need pap smears, or you don't need to be evaluated for things, which is so wrong. And People come in to see me for things like bone um, health and bladder function and sexual health and, you know, still having periods or irregular periods and, and late birth control and all kinds of things that go straight through people's late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And I would hear a lot from my patients like, I really need more information about this time in my life. So a couple of years ago, probably more like eight or nine years ago, I started to become interested in mostly menopausal medicine. So I went to like the, at the time it was called the North American Menopause Society meetings and I got certified as a menopause practitioner and I learned a lot about hormones and, and that became a very big part of my practice. So because that became such a, a large part of the practice, a lot of my writing and a lot of my contributions and things that were out in public were also about menopause. So about a year ago, I got an email from somebody who said they were from the Wiley Publishing Company, which publishes all the dummies books. And it was just, you know, a young lady who wrote to me and said, hey, 
I work for this company. I've read some of the stuff that you've written online. We need a book about perimenopause for dummies. Would you like to write it? And I was like, this is a scam. <laughs> because who just comes to me? I'm not a, I'm not a famous person. I don't have a big social You're media following. You're an expert. Well, okay, but I'm in a small, I'm a, maybe a small fish in the small pond, you know? Um, so I, I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, you can look me up. Prove you know? it. <laughs> exactly. It's so terrible to be so skeptical. But most things that invite you to do something that you would really love to do with no real catch are not true. Right. Yeah. So I said, yes, I, you know, like, I, skeptically, I said, let me kind of read about you a little bit. And look, she said, let me send you the whole. Now, of course, because this is such a big operation, in order to get anything done with them, there's a lot of things you have to know and read about and be okay with and agree to and all that. She said, let me send you the book that is a dummies book on how to write for the dummies book. Oh my books. God, so meta. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So, and that book was really long. Like, and of course it starts with the tongue in cheek thing about, so you want to be a dummies author, do you? Yeah. You know? And I was like, okay, I'm going to read through this whole thing. And, and the interesting thing, of course, is that my writing and the way I speak and the way I kind of live is kind of tongue in cheek. Like I do. Yes. And even though I felt like some of their stuff, stuff was a little over the top. I felt like, hey, I really think I could do this because one of the main things, and this is probably in the first chapter of the book, is the reason I really thought I needed to get the information out there is because of how many women in my practice have said the exact line to me of, why didn't anyone tell me I was going to feel this way? Mm. Because, you know, and the, and com coming from the first chapter of the book, you know, you're, when you're in puberty, when you're getting your first period, somebody sits you down at some point or gives you a pamphlet or something and says, this is the way it's going to be. And nobody does that when you're on the other end of that spectrum. Mm. And the other end, at least puberty doesn't last that long. You know, like you go through that for a few years, maybe perimenopause can be like up to 10 years where you're going through irregular periods and mood swings and wait let's pause you're jumping ahead okay you're too excited <laughs> we, we the question really is though okay the, very good background but let's back up again what is perimenopause when does it happen like what what do folks need to know about it what are the most common symptoms like let's let's lay the groundwork for this okay well as i said most people say why didn't ever anybody tell me about this it's mostly because it's this broad time in a woman's life where you know there's a time of life where you consider you're in reproductive age and that's any time that you could get pregnant which is kind of when from you get your first period until you stop having periods right and then there's the menopausal part where you can't get pregnant anymore and you're not having any more periods you kind of know what to expect at that point then there's this kind of in between point starting from maybe late 30s like 39 or so moving mostly through the 40s and to, into the early 50s sometimes, you know, varying periods of time for people, but at the, the time at which the reproductive functions start to change. Like you're not ovulating every month probably, so you're not getting your period every month. So your hormone levels start to go kind of up and down at different times of the month. 
So you don't feel the same all month long, which means mood swings, which means irritability sometimes, which could mean heavier periods, lighter periods, which could mean long periods throughout the month of feeling PMS, where you only felt it a little time before. So emotional troubles, you know, physical changes, um, all of these kinds of things are happening and not necessarily in a linear fashion. It's not like one day it's not so bad and a few days later it's worse and then suddenly you're in menopause. It doesn't go that way. It's this period of time where it just kind of swings. Mm -hmm. And people have, they come in thinking depression or anxiety might be a part of it, thinking, you know, irritability, thinking fatigue, poor sleep, vaginal dryness. I mean, the list goes on and on but they're usually things that people more so associate with menopause, not like being 43 and having these things happen. So I felt like, yes, there's so much information that people should have about this time in their life. What's normal? When are the red flags that, you know, maybe people are telling, oh, that's just perimenopause, but really you have a problem. You need to go see somebody. Mm. So I decided, I think we should put it all together in a book. And then, you know, the dummies people said, well, we can't publish it unless it's 300 pages. And I was like, I don't really know if it's 300 pages worth, but it actually is. Wow. <laughs> when you're traveling, you don't have access to your amazing sex goodies stash. So you start to pack your lube for sexy time in your toiletry bag. And when you open your bag back up, the lube you packed, of course, spills all over your toothbrush, makeup, and floss picks. Enter a brand new product from UberLube that will get your lube to your destination without spillage. They're new good-to-go travelers. Perfect for your purse, pocket, gym bag, or carry-on luggage, the good-to-go traveler features the same UberLube product in a discreet aluminum traveler that comes in six colors. Try UberLube and their good-to-go traveler now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Abortion is healthcare. Abortion is a human right. People have always had abortions, and they will always have abortions. And these days, it doesn't require an office visit. Let's talk about medication abortion. It's safe and effective using two kinds of pills, mifepristone and mesoprostol, or mesoprostol only if mifepristone is unavailable. And it's available by mail in all 50 states, with hotlines and support resources too. Plan C is an amazing nonprofit information campaign that runs an online guide to pills and advocates for safe, legal, affordable, stigma-free abortion care for all. Will you join the movement with me? Visit plancpills.org to learn more. If you're tired of hearing the same old judgmental, shaming financial advice about buying too many lattes from old white men who conveniently ignore issues like systemic oppression, it's time to join us on Financial Feminist. I'm Tori Dunlap, globally recognized money speaker and educator, and I'm a part of a new guard of financial educators. On Financial Feminist, we don't just talk about money. 
We talk about the ways women are affected differently by money. We're feminist first, acknowledging that your financial savviness has less to do with your weekly coffee order and everything to do with the fact that we live in a patriarchal society that gatekeeps women, people of color, and other minorities out of conversations and education about money. With fascinating guests like Nadia Okamoto, Maya Vander, Justin Baldoni, Christy Carlson Romano, Queen Herbie, and more, We dive into topics like menstrual justice, the investing gap, diet culture, the psychology of money, and more. Plus, you get bi-weekly how-to episodes like how to start investing or how I saved $100,000 at age 25. We're smashing the patriarchy and getting rich one episode at a time. Subscribe to Financial Feminist wherever you're listening now. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm sure that was kind of a surprise when you put everything together and you realized, okay, this there really is a, enough for a book on this. Yeah. Um, what what do we need to know about it? I mean, like asking for myself, right? And assuming that some of my audience is my age, I'm gonna be 31 next week. Um, what what do we need to know about it? Like, what should we be looking out for? What are some of those common signs? What are the red flags? Like, give us kind of like an overview of this thing. Well, you know, if you find yourself at what seems like about the appropriate age, which most people I would say with complaints or wanting relief from things are, let's say, in their 40s. And I would say the first sign that people start to see may be some changes in their periods. Now, of course, this is I I can't say this happens for everybody because some people never had regular periods. But let's say if you were someone who could run your clock by your period, you know, and you knew you got your period every 28 days, every 28 days, suddenly or over time, it's not coming when it's supposed to. And that happens pretty frequently, you know, that might be something you want to go to the doctor for first to be evaluated, because maybe it could be something else like your thyroid or some other um, endocrine problem or a hormonal problem. But that's usually what triggers people to say, hey, something is happening, and I don't know what. Then usually things start happening to do with sleep. Like people will fall asleep okay. And then suddenly people, women who were having full nights, eight hours restorative sleep, feeling well in the morning, waking up in the middle of the night, sometimes for, they don't know what reason, sometimes with anxiety, sometimes sweating because sometimes they're having some night sweats. And again, night sweating and daytime flashes those are all signs, especially when you're in your 40s and it's not happening all the time. Those are signs that your hormone levels are fluctuating. So sometimes you feel good. You're energetic, you're, you're exercising, you're eating right, feel happy, everything is good. And then two days later, just the opposite. You feel fatigued, your joints are hurting, um, you can't sleep, you don't want to get out of bed. So all of these kind of symptoms put, it, put together could certainly be the onset of perimenopause. And when people start to have kind of a constellation of things, it's a good idea not to just write it off to that and say, this is all normal because I read it in the book, (laughs) Um, but to have an evaluation. If you haven't had a full physical, if you haven't had some blood work done, make sure that just things are where they're supposed to be and try to seek out somebody who has experience taking care of older women, not just somebody who's you know, taking care of people who are having babies, because you're kind of phasing out of that part of your life. You want somebody who has a specialty in this area, or at least knows how to look at this. And the reason I emphasize that so much is that I've had so many women come into my office who have given me this exact constellation of symptoms, and have gone to somebody, maybe a primary care doctor, maybe another doctor who's not that experienced with this and said, 
And the first thing they offered me was, here, go on this antidepressant. Mm. That's a common occurrence because it sounds like depression. I can't get out of bed. I'm fatigued. I'm not sleeping well, my appetite, but not necessarily. So I really think when a, a constellation of symptoms start happening, have an evaluation. You know, talk to somebody who's skilled in this. Yes, you may still also be depressed or anxious and need that treated, but it's not necessarily the root of all your problems at this moment. Right. What might be something that's surprising about perimenopause? Like when you were writing this book, was there something, a fact or kind of like something that came up that you were like, oh, wow, I feel like the general public really doesn't know about this? One of the most surprising things that I've seen both in the practice and also in talking to people is, and this has definitely happened at least several times in the past few years in my own practice, a woman, maybe about 45, 46 will come in and go, I think I'm in menopause. I have not gotten my period in the last three months and I feel kind of fatigued and oh maybe God, a little nauseous. Yes. Oh and God. they and but not only not only might they be pregnant, they don't even consider the possibility. Mm. Like because they feel like I'm out of that routine, you know, I don't need birth control, I don't need to protect myself. I'm too old for that. And no, the first thing you have to do with somebody who has suddenly had a change in her menstrual cycle is to do a pregnancy test. And I found a couple that were, well, a few that were happily surprised, but more that were unhappily surprised by that right. fact, you know? I mean, anybody that's getting a period, no matter how irregularly, still might be passing an egg once in a while. So wow, interesting. you don't want that egg to be a target, then so you've got to protect even, it. Even if you're in perimenopause, there's a possibility of getting pregnant is like the, the follow through there. Wow. True. Really interesting. Um, what are some things that people can do to both prepare for perimenopause as well as like manage it when it's happening? Well, I definitely feel like I might sound like a broken record, but I am a big proponent of, at, especially as you age, making sure that your routine, your lifestyle management is really as good as it can be. Meaning, if you're drinking a lot of alcohol, now's the time to cut down on it. If mm. you are a smoker, now's the time to seriously consider quitting. Um, dietary changes. You know, women who are above 40 just don't do as well with a certain kind of diet, meaning like more high in carbohydrate or processed foods or fast foods or greasy foods. We just don't process it as well. We, mm -hmm. Our metabolism is not as efficient as it used to be. And I would say that keeping that at the level that it should be, you know, a really good diet. I'm not into restricting for a diet. Like I would hate to say, don't ever eat that piece of cake because I don't believe in that. But to have the majority of your lifestyle be geared towards good exercise, good because you'll feel better habits. and that will help with the symptoms. Exactly. And one of the main complaints that I hear in perimenopause is I'm doing exactly what I used to be doing. I eat salad. I am walking my dog every day and I don't know why I'm gaining weight suddenly. And it's not suddenly you can't tolerate the food you used to eat. It is definitely that as you age, your metabolism slows down. So you can't eat and exercise at the same rate you did when you were 15 years younger and expect the same result. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you have to 
do resistance exercises so that your muscles stay with the resistance and get stronger so that you don't end up having just fat and lose your lean muscle mass as you get older. Because without keeping it lean and and without doing exercises, you're going to lose some of that. And a lot of the concentration of fat will go right to the middle, which is where most peri and postmenopausal women gain their body fat. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I was thinking about something along these lines today because I exercise three times a week consistently and I feel really great about the food that I eat, mostly healthy, some junk that makes me happy and I feel good about it. And that's that's my maintaining, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. like as I age, if I want to keep the same body that I love and that I have, there might be even more kinds of, you know, exercises or more right. strength or, or even right. healthier diet or whatever it is if I want to feel good in my own body. Whoever has their own feeling about their own body, you have a different life and a different body. Follow your right. North Star and chat with your right. medical team. <laughs> but for me, I did have that thought today of like, wow, I really like the body that I'm in. I feel good. I feel strong. I like how much I'm exercising. And like as I age, I will really have to work hard to maintain that. Yeah, nobody gets away with, uh, very few people, let me say, there may be some genetic freaks out there. (laughs) Nobody really gets away with, oh, I don't exercise and I eat all the junk I want, but I have this great lean body mass, healthy, you know, figure. It, It just really doesn't happen. And so if you're asking what can people do to get ready, that if they haven't already been in those habits, it's more important to do that now as you're going through that perimenopausal transition. Right. And like we said, you know, everyone's different. Like if you're listening and you're wondering like, what is, what is my body what going to look like when it's going through these changes, right? Like definitely listen to your own, your own feelings about how you are and consult your own medical folks, if that's what you're interested in. Um, but obviously there is an entire book on this and we, we don't have time this episode to get really deep into it. But I'm wondering if you can just share maybe like one thing that you really want people to take away from this episode about perimenopause. And if you can share where people can buy the book and find your other two books. Sure. I think I really would like people to know that many other people are going through the same exact things that they are because one of the most common comments that I hear is when people say, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, like I'm irritated. I, I, I can't function properly. We try to really just kind of break that all down into all the different symptoms that they're having. And I really want to emphasize that this is kind of a normal experience for people. What they're going through is something that happens in this transition phase and seeking out other people that are going through it, um, you know, support system, a knowledgeable healthcare practitioner, people that can help you go through it. Because as I put into this book, there are so many ways to go through it and things that you can do to relieve the various symptoms that it's not hopeless and you're not crazy and you're not doomed. And, you know, it, it's just another life transition phase. And I really think people can look at it to kind of a a doorway to freedom where they don't have to worry about a lot of things they had to worry about when they were younger, Mm. but they want to feel good. So they have to kind of make that effort and know that 
it's possible, you know, and that other people feel the same way. Totally. And where can people get it? Well, you can get this book anywhere that books are sold, believe it or not. Um, Amazon has it. You can get it directly through the publishing company, which is Wiley Publishers, W-I-L-E-Y. Um, you could get it at Barnes and Noble and, you know, any place that books are sold. And your other two books also on Amazon? The other books are on Amazon, unless they want to come into my office and buy them directly from me. Go to Napa. Go, <laughs> go, go wine tasting. I'll give you a pap smear. <laughs> <laughs> a pap smear and a signed book. Exactly. Um, but yeah, search on Amazon, Dr. Rebecca Levy-Gant, G-A-N-T-T. Um, and I was really, uh, happy about my book inscription, which, uh, which said to my best supporter, which was very true. I love you. I support you. I think you're so wonderful and I will always shout it from the rooftop. So thank you for coming on and talking about perimenopause. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalow. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Leegy. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at sex ed with DB podcast and on TikTok at sex ed with DB. Want to rep us with some brand new sex ed with DB merch? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash merch to check it out now. See you next time.